I'm going to do a lot of reading today, but it just ties in with what we've been praying. But I, I failed last week. I, I brought this little book, How to Appropriate the Redemptive and Covenant Blessing of Bodily Healing. But I was going to read the two or three pages of this from F.F. F. Bosworth, and I had to get my scotch tape out to repair it. It is so old. But um, I want to read part of that because it has to do with where we all are in, in receiving healing and health. He says, the first step toward being healed is the same as the first step toward salvation or any other blessing that God promises. That is, for the sick person to know what the Bible so clearly teaches, that it is God's will to heal. To heal all of his children until they finish their course. Amen? Praise God. Boy, that'll preach right there. When properly instructed in the scriptures, there is no more uncertainty about your being healed than there is about being saved. Now get a hold of that. There is no uncertainty about you being healed this morning. Amen? There is no more uncertainty. Okay, so each individual sufferer must be convinced by the word of God that their healing is the will of God. For it is impossible to have faith for healing as long as there is the slightest doubt as to it being God's will. When God commands us to pray for the sick, he means to pray with faith. We prayed with faith. Seems like patience was one of the words that he kept speaking to you girls this morning. Give it time. Stay focused. Okay. Um, let me find out where I am on this. If we do not know his will in the matter, then we won't have faith. Until a person knows God's will, they have no basis for faith because faith is expecting God to do what we know it is his will to do. Are you expecting him to do what it is his will to do this morning? Expectation is very important. You've got to expect it. You will expect it if you see what God sees. Amen? It will help your expectancy. When we know it is his will, it is not hard for us to believe that he will do what we do, what we are sure he wants to do. Oh, I love that. We are sure that he'll do what he wants to do. His want to is for you to walk in health. Amen. So it is this way that every saved person has experienced a still greater miracle of the new birth. There can be no appropriation of faith until we are made to know by the gospel what God has provided for us. Do you know that? What he's provided for us? There is no doctrine more emphatically taught throughout the word of God than that through the atonement of Christ, both salvation and bodily healing were provided. And that it is God's will to take away the sickness of his own and to fulfill the number of their days according to his promise. And we'll read that in just a little bit out of Exodus. As it, uh, let me go on down here. Um, As the types in Leviticus 14 and 15 show that it was invariably through atonement that sickness was healed. So Matthew 8, 17 definitely states that Jesus healed all diseases on the ground of atonement. And in our uh, 
Deuteronomy chapter 28 where it lists the curses. It says, even those that have not been named yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even those that we're redeemed from. Amen. The scripture shows us that Christ's reason for making no exceptions while healing the sick who thronged him was his atonement, which he made for all Adam's race, including you. As multitude after multitude pressed upon him to hear him, to hear him, and the title of today's lesson is Hear and Be Healed, and be healed of their diseases. It is repeatedly stated throughout the Gospels, he healed them all. Why? Because in his coming atonement, himself took our infirmities, since it is our infirmities he bore, Put your own name in there. It requires the healing of all. Amen. To fulfill this prophecy that he healed them all. God carefully put this in such language that we would have to misquote it to leave ourselves out. What Calvary provides is for all. It's for everybody. God's way of saving the soul, of healing the body, and doing everything else he wants to do he wants to, is to send his word, his promise, and then keep the promise wherever it produces faith. That's why we continue to say the promise, because it will produce faith in you. The divine procedure in healing is stated in the text. He sendeth his word and healed them and delivered them from their graves. That's Psalms 107, 20. It says, I think, uh, destructions, but he says graves. So I thought this was really good. Um, I was trying to find something else that he says in here. I'll find that in a little bit. But we're going to talk about hear and be healed. Now, I want us to go to Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. I pray this morning that the eyes of every person in here, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened to the glorious gospel. Amen. Okay, 5 and 15. <clears throat> and Jesus, and he, he withdrew himself into the wilderness. Well, no, I'm, I'm not in 15, am I? 5, 15. I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to start sooner than that. Give me just a minute. Let's start with verse 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. He said, that's my will. Be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now then, be sure to notice what comes first before they were healed? To hear. 
So that's an importance on, on the word, to hear. I want to hear what the Spirit, Spirit is saying this morning. We've, the hearing comes first. If you don't have the hearing first, you won't have faith to believe. So that was real important. Amen. So hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Just I hear. Make your confession about that. I do hear. And I pray that your comprehension will be what the Word of God is telling you today. So let's go to Proverbs 12 and 18. Twelve and eighteen. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. It gets back to those words that Cindy was talking about. The tongue of the wise is health. Now then, um, we're not going to have health unless we talk health. Because if we don't talk health, we're nullifying that, that God has promised us. We have to renew this mind to think and to talk like the Lord. Amen? And you know, we've missed, we've missed that. We do it partially. We do it sometimes. But we've got to renew this mind to think and to talk like God. Okay? We don't pray the problem. Never pray the problem. God knows what the problem is because all we're doing is magnifying it. We're talking about the problem. What we do is we pray the answer that by the stripes of Jesus you have been healed or whatever scripture comes to your mind. The, the Bible does not say, if you'll notice this, the Bible does not say the tongue of the wise is sickness. I just approach that in, a, in the opposite direction there. It doesn't say the tongue of the wise is sickness. If the tongue of the wise is not sickness, then what is the tongue of the wise? It's going to be, we're going to talk health. We're going to talk what God says. We're going to take up his language and say it. Praise God. You know, the covenant of healing, one of Jesus' names is Jehovah Rapha. And sometimes we'll study all the different names of, of Jesus because they're very powerful. It, it covers everything. His name covers everything. Jehovah Rapha means, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Or, I am the Lord thy physician. And as a physician, he gives us medicine for us to take, praise God. And we need to be taking it. You know, if we just did it three times a day, like the, your prescriptions from a doctor tells you to do, just think what that would accomplish, praise God. So, I'm going to, um, let's go to Luke chapter 13. I want to go there real quick. You're going to walk out of here healed this morning. Luke chapter 13. Because you have heard. Amen. And then you speak. Okay, let's look at, um, let's start with verse 10. 13, 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, where was Jesus? 
He's in church. Okay. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, y'all pay attention to this, see Jesus' heart. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. That's important. And said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed. No, I skipped something there. There, Healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. Can't help but love Jesus and his boldness. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, and who are you? Mm -hmm. Whom Satan hath bound low, these 18 years be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day. So who was the source of her illness? Satan was, it says right there, who Satan hath bowed low all these 18 years. But the Clark commentary, I love this on, on this because it kind of shows Jesus' heart. It says, Jesus saw her distress and the desire to both worship him and to get her health restored. And his eyes affected his heart. Isn't that precious? What Jesus saw, when he saw her, he saw her distress and it affected his heart. When God looks at you, it affects his heart. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to know and have the revelation that he sent his son to heal you. Praise God. I love that when it said, and his eyes affected his heart. When we see others, it should affect our heart. Let the Holy Spirit use us in whatever area so that our heart can be affected. And when Jesus laid his hands, and this, it affected his heart so much that she didn't come to him and say, heal me. She didn't have to because he saw her. He saw the distress, and his heart was to heal her. And his heart is to heal you too. And when Jesus laid his hands on her, the power of his hands expelled the spirit of infirmity. The power that's in his hands. The scripture tells us, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There is power in laying on of hands this morning. And just as it says here that it expelled the spirit of infirmity, when we laid hands on you, that spirit of infirmity left. Now get this. See this. It left. You say, well, I still feel it. I don't care. The spirit of infirmity had to obey the laying on of hands. So that spirit of infirmity had to leave. Now I looked up the word infirmity. 
And it means a physical weakness or a defect. Listen, girls, you were set free. Don't take it back. You say that, that left. That spirit of infirmity left. The Matthew Henry commentary. This is so, so good. Now, you got to love me. I didn't say this, but I'm going to read it. The Lord Jesus spent his Sabbath. This has to do with what we just read. The Lord Jesus spent his Sabbath in the synagogues. Now, Selah. I'm giving you time, Holy Spirit. You're here. You're the teacher. You're the informer. You're the revealer. We should make conscious of doing so. As we have for doing so as we have opportunity and not to think we can spend the Sabbath as well at home reading a book. For religious assemblies are a divine institution. We should value our churches. We should value church attendance. Quit making excuses for not coming. I, ne I may need to teach on excuses. I, I taught that over in across the street one time because we make excuses. But I love that when he said Jesus, when it was possible, he spent his Sabbath in the synagogues, in church. So though she was, though she was under this infirmity, yet she went to the synagogues even though she was deformed and in much pain. Even bodily infirmities, unless they be grievous indeed. In other words, unless there really is, you know, important that you stay home is what he's saying. Unless, uh, unless there be grievous indeed, they be grievous indeed, should not keep us from public worship on the Sabbath days. For God can help us beyond our expectations he, uh, Matthew Henry was really putting an importance on being where the anointing is. Being where the word can be heard. And, and you know, this, this is something that the enemy has really robbed people of because they think that they will be, receive the same by staying home and watching TV. It's not the same. It is not the same. The hearing of the word and the anointing that's in, in your services, whether you go here or House of Praise or, or wherever you might go, it's, the anointing is there and God has dealt with that leader of what to say. And I love this, that Matthew Henry got into that, that part, that whenever possible, whenever possible, be in the house of the Lord because he went on to say, that God can help us beyond our expectations. I, I just want the Holy Spirit to take that. You know, there's times that I, I you know, I think, I think I'll just, I, I could just stay home and rest tonight. But no. And then when I hear what was taught, I thought, oh, I should have been there. It's not very often that I, that I stay home with an excuse. But you know what an excuse is, don't you? Might want to look that up. So, so when you stay home and you miss, is it just an excuse or can you come? I was talking with someone the other day and uh, they use excuses. 
And I think one of my friends in here was standing there when, when uh, we were dealing with this with someone. And I said, she said, well, you talk to them and I'll, I'll, I'll back you up. I thought, you just putting that on me, sister. <laughs> you just putting that on me, sister. But let me tell you something. Just because your husband doesn't come you, doesn't mean you can't come. Just because, you know, and just because you don't come doesn't mean that your husband can't come. This is an individual walk with the Lord. Amen. And I'm telling you, hear and be healed. God has something for each individual in every service. It may be, it'd be different for every person according to your situation. But Matthew Henry here was putting a big emphasis on being in church. And what does the word say about gathering together? What? Not to forsake yourself of gathering together and to do it more as the time draws near. Let me tell you, girls, the world itself is in terrible shape. And we have got to expose these, hears, these ears to hearing the word. Because if we don't hear it, then it's not in here. And the Holy Spirit has nothing to bring to your remembrance. And that's part of the responsibility of the Holy Spirit is to bring to our remembrance that which we've heard when we need it. But if you're not here to hear it, what's he going to bring? It's an open door for Satan to bring what he wants you to hear. Because you remember, your body does have a voice. Well, I don't know that I was going to get into all that, but it's Matthew Henry's fault. <laughs> Amen. But I love that. You know, it keeps me diligent. It really keeps me diligent. And uh, excuses, excuses, that's all in the world they are. People look for excuses. They want those excuses. Well, I'm tired. Well, so what? So is everybody else. You know? We just come on Sunday mornings anymore and, and Wednesdays and Tuesdays. I can remember when we were first started in the ministry, and I'm, I know Cindy experienced the same thing. But Tom taught Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and Monday night Bible school. And boy, did we ever learn. That's where we got our foundation. We got our good foundation by coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Monday night Bible school. And you know what? Satan can't steal that from me. Why? Why? Because I heard it. I, I kept hearing it and hearing it. And, I, and there for how many years, Karen? Tom taught on healing every week. Every week. Every week he taught on healing. And you know what happened? People were healed. You've got to hear and be healed. If you want to walk in health, get rid of your excuses and make yourself available. I'm not saying don't listen to, to the ministers on TV, but you better choose who you listen to. You better choose who. I mean, I flipped the channels. And you know what? I, I'm believing for, for more men, the uh, word ministers uh, to be on TV after midnight. I'm telling you, because I don't want to have to watch uh, the game show or something like that, you know. But it's always those that are so negative that's on after midnight. And I thought, well, what happened to some of these others that they're not on after midnight? I guess people go to sleep. I don't know. 
But we need ministers, faith ministers, teaching after midnight. Because if you wake up and you can't sleep and wide awake, you want, you want I, I'll say it out loud. I don't need that. I need the Word. I want to hear the Word of God. Hear and be healed. That's what he says. I, I hear. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> I just love your little smile, Kim. I mean, she just looks at me and just grins <laughs> ear to ear. Praise God. She's receiving. Okay, let me see where I want to go with this. Okay, this is still part of Matthew Henry. He went on to say that this little lady, she, she, she never said anything to him, but she was there to hear from God. She wanted to hear him teach, is what Matthew Henry said. She wanted to get knowledge. But verse 12 says, he saw her and called her to him. I loved that. She was there just to hear what he had to say because she had already heard that he heals, that, that he heals people. So she went with that purpose, to hear what he was saying. Why do you go to church? Why do you come on Tuesdays? I think I know you well enough to say, it's to hear. It's to hear, it's to get knowledge. Because Hosea says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it goes on in that next verse to say that they rejected knowledge. So when we come, we've got to have an open heart. We've got to hear so that we can be healed. We've got to hear so that we can be blessed. We've got to hear so that we can be prosperous. We've got to hear so that we will have peace. Hear it, hear it, hear it. And faith will come. It can't help but come because God doesn't lie. And, it, and you, faith may not come your first time you hear. But it comes from just hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing until it'll go like, off like a bomb inside of you. And you'll be, I got it. You'll say, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So we have to renew our mind to this statement. And I know most of you in here will remember this. We are the healed that Satan is trying to make sick. Do you see yourself that way? Remind yourself, I am the healed and Satan's just trying to make me sick. He's after the word in you. He's after the word in me. Why? Because he, if he can get the word out of us, it prolongs his judgment. But boy, when we all get in one mind and one accord... I mean, his destruction is coming pretty soon. We're not going to give him that joy of staying in this earth longer and, and tempting us and making us sick and all of that. We're not going to give him that joy. So I am the heel that Satan has tried to make sick. And then you have to ask yourself, how do I know this? Because of that Psalms, let's go there, Psalms 107 and 20. I think we read that from F.F. F. Bodsworth. You've got to know. Biblical knowledge is good. Psalms 107. How do I know that I am healed? And verse 20, this is one of my favorite scriptures. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So we find from this that we're healed because of his word. 
And that's why this word is so important to us. That's why we pray his word and not the problem. Praise God. He sent his word. And if you don't know his word, how can you receive it? You've got to know it. Knowledge is good. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. I think Brenda got into that. Praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. I'm declaring that I am the healed. That is his work. That was part of Jesus' work. Amen. You are the healed. Oh, I want to see that through all the, God's eyes. I want, to, I want that manifestation. I want that to be my vision. When an attack comes against my body, I want to see what God sees. And I want to see what God says. You see, God doesn't see you sick. He sees you what he proclaimed. He sees you according to his promises that he has made. But we've got to renew our mind to what God sees. And our body, like I said earlier, it just speaks so loud sometimes that we get caught up in the feelings. We get caught up in the emotions that sickness and disease and not feeling good and all that. It brings, our, it, it works on our emotions. And our emotions will lie to us. So we have to, we have to renew our mind, okay? So... He sent his word and healed them. Now, Deuteronomy, I think I'm going to go ahead and go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I know we covered some of this last week. But it, it's so important. And I, like I said last week, I want you to start in Deuteronomy chapter 28 this week. Read chapter, uh, verse 1 all the way through the end of 28, chapter 28. Because, you know, most of the time we zero in on the blessings. But go ahead and read the curses because Galatians tells us that that's what we've been redeemed from. And so if I realize that I've been redeemed from some of this stuff, and I know at one point in time, I didn't do it today, I looked up every one of these things that, that we're redeemed from. And it, it's just amazing. Like the Lord, when it says the Lord will smite thee, he's talking about Satan. He's the Lord of the earth. Okay. That he would smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and with the scab and with itch and, and the knees and all blindness and all that stuff. I looked all that up one time and it was really interesting. I, I didn't take the time to do that because I ran out of time. But anyway, in um, 2815, verse 15, it says, but it shall come to pass. Now this is the curses. The curses shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So how are we going to get around all the curses that are in this land, in the earth? We're going to have to, to hear what he's saying and we're going to have to obey his commandments and we're going to have, when it says, hearken unto the voice of the Lord, well, this is his voice. 
This word, this Bible that you have before you is his voice. He said, you're going to have to hearken to that. You're going to have to pay attention to what I've said if you're going to overcome all of these curses. And, and in those curses, as we said earlier, this is where it says in every sickness that is not named. It talks about your children. Not being able to enjoy your children. because, uh, But that's part of the curse. So you're redeemed from that. You should be able. You know, a lot of times people's children, when they get older, they go away for a while from the word. And you don't get to enjoy them. Or maybe they marry a mate that really is not in the word and and they'll go where the mate goes or do what the mate does and all that kind of thing and you don't get to enjoy them like you like you should be able to as children that's part of the curse that's part of the curse uh i'm trying to think for one of those groups verse 32 says thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people and thine eyes look at this if this is you your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long. And there shall be no might in thine hand. You can't do anything about it. But that's part of the curse. You can do something about it. You can start speaking what the word of God says over them. Um, and verse 41 says, Thou shalt beget... I don't know why I'm going into this part, but evidently somebody needs it. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them. Or they shall go unto, into captivity. Well, what are you going to do with that? If you're not getting to enjoy your children. You're going to take authority over that. Because you've been, they've been, you've been redeemed from that. You sh God wants you to enjoy your children. Well, take that and apply to us spiritually with God. We are his children. He wants to enjoy us. He wants us to come to him, to worship him, to be with him, to fellowship with him. You know, every night, every single night, I don't know when I've not said this. When I lay my head down, I say, Father God, I just want you to know I love you. And then whatever follows that, then I'll say, Jesus, I love you so much. And I tell, I tell, and then I'll say, and Holy Spirit, I love you. I thank you for being involved in my life. Whatever comes out of here. But I tell them every night before I go to sleep that I love them. And then I will end with, Father, I just love the word. I thank you for the word because I know that it is my life. I, never, I don't know when I ever failed to say that. But tell him. That you love him. And then as you tell him that you love him, you know, then he will add other things to you to say to him. It'll just come out of here. But, oh, my, don't you love God? Don't you love this word? Praise God. Don't just leave it on a shelf. Praise God. Okay, enough of that. So, and in Deuteronomy um, chapter 28, verses 1 and two, it says, and it shall come to pass. That means it's going to happen. Amen. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Put the word in there. To observe 
and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. God's speaking to you this morning. He's speaking to me this morning. But we need to hearken to his voice. He's, he tells every one of us what to do, what we should do, where we should be, how to think, how to speak. He tells us, he reveals all this. If we'll listen to him and hearken to what he's telling us to do, all of the blessings that's in this book right here are going to come up on you and they're going to overtake you. I mean, you'll just look and you think, praise God. Where did all these blessings come from? They came from you being diligent to obey the word of God. Amen. Now then, let's go to Exodus 23. Most of you are familiar with this. I'll never forget Joanne Nay. This was one of her favorite scriptures. And verse 25. And ye shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Does that not make your faith just rise up? If he took sickness away from me, then it ain't there no more. Excuse the English. It is in the dictionary, though. I think eight is in there anymore. Eight. He's going, he said, I shall, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. And the number of thy days I will fulfill. If I was expect, an expectant mother or wanting children, I would go to this verse right here. I would handle that. I would handle it now if you're, if you're wanting more children. I would handle that now. That there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. And listen, look at that promise. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I don't know what exactly my number of my days are, except I know uh, that uh, I have been making the statement for quite a while now that I'm going to live 20, at least 20 more years, which would put me a little over 100. And my daughter-in-law, Annette, Every time I say that, she says, I'm planning your 100th birthday party. So I don't know what she's got in mind, but she's already planning my 100th birthday party. You know what? She believes that because she hears me say it. Hear and be healed or hear and receive. So I'm excited about it. Praise God. I'm excited about life and life. More abundantly, praise God. Okay, so notice, he says, I will take sickness. Notice the blessings God told the children of Israel that were theirs. And all they had to do was what? To be obedient and to have no other gods before them. He goes on in those scriptures and tells them to overthrow all those gods that they have. Get rid of them. Now, what they had as gods was different from what we have today. 
But we all do have gods that we need to overthrow. Things that have become more important to us than attending church on Sundays, on the Sabbath. We have other things. Uh, our sports system, athletics, you know, all of that. Our stores being open on Sundays. I'm old enough to, I remember when all the stores were closed on Sundays. We, you know, if you go, my daddy and mama, they went to the grocery store on Saturday and they stocked up. We didn't go to church, but they honored the Sabbath as far as we were, uh, went on holidays. <clears throat> I was born again in a Nazarene church. My brother, Tom Schaff, Arkansas, that Nazarene minister called on us. You think it doesn't help? He called on, on my mom and dad, and he talked to us kids, and he came and picked Tommy and I up and took us to their revival, and we were both born again. I'll never forget it. I know when I was born again, praise God. But we have to be obedient and get rid of whatever is a God to us. I, I, want, I want changes in, in our schools. I know, um, what's her name, uh, Dina Limley's daughter, Cammie Cantu. When she took over the youth group in their church, they had youth group on Wednesday night. And she went to the school. And they let all, they, they, they let their sports kids go to church on that Wednesday night because she was bold enough to uphold that and say that our kids are not going to be there for these sports because it's church night at our church. And they honored that. Of course, it's a, it's a small town that she lives in, but who cares, large or small? She was bold enough. And, her, and their kids were in youth group. On Wednesday night. And, and it seems like nowadays the schools, that's when they practice or whatever they do. But she, I, I admire her for that and what she accomplished. Okay. So he has taken sickness from the midst of us. Uh, let me see where, where I want to go with this in verse 25. Oh, this is what, what I wanted to do was read this from another commentary, The Benefits of Serving God. The comfort of their food and God's blessing will make bread and water more refreshing. Where he said he would bless thy bread and thy water. One of the commentaries says he will make the bread and water more refreshing and nourishing than a feast of fat things and wines. <laughs> You just have to love the Word of God. I'm going to repeat that one. <laughs> My little health nutritionist back there, are you listening to this? She's going to say amen. Where it talks about food, blessing the food and water. He says, the comfort of their food and God's blessing will make bread and water more refreshing and nourishing than a feast of fat things and wines. Okay, and then the second was, the continuance of their health, where it talks about health, either prevent it or remove it, whatever those continuances are. They shall not be visited with epidemical diseases. 
whatever that word means, which are very dreadful and sometimes have laid countries to waste different diseases and things. He says that he would remove those diseases. That's what he says in verse 25, that he has removed those diseases. All those diseases that are shutting a country down is what he's saying. Isn't that amazing how that applies to our country today? How that these diseases have shut countries down? And that's what that commentary talks about. It's just amazing to me how these, that we're living in this today. He said the prolonging of their lives to old age, praise God, if we'll just listen to his voice and obey. You're going to live a long time if you want to. And then he says that the, day, the number of their days will be fulfilled and they shall not be cut off in the midst of untimely deaths. That's one of the commentaries. Their godliness has the promise of the life that now is. Godliness has the promise of the life that now is. Your life will be fulfilled. Okay? Because we are the seed of Abraham, these promises are still good today. See, these were promises to Abraham and his seed. And you are his seed. But we need to use our faith to walk in them. Because we live by faith now. Amen? We have to be... We have to be obedient to his word. That's what he's trying to get across to us today. Be obedient to what his word says. And all these blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. Now then, I brought, I'm going to read from this right here. From, I really, really, really like Bill Winston. I don't know if any of y'all ever listened to Bill Winston or not, but he is really, really good. And I'm going to read something from him. He says, changing your situation starts inside. Okay. Once you understand the transforming power of walking in God's law of meditation. Who mentioned meditation? Someone did. Oh, it was our song that we were singing about meditation. Find a problem or an area where you are struggling and begin meditating on what the Word says about that problem. You can't be lazy and do this. Let's say you are believing God to heal you of some physical sickness or disease. You can change the way your body functions by how you think. Amen? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth up the bones. That's Proverbs 17:22, I think. If you spend your day meditating, that means meditating means to think about it and to mutter it and say it. If you spend your day meditating on all your symptoms... Worrying about your future and having discouraging and depressing thoughts, your body will just become sicker. Worry is meditating the problem instead of the answer from God's word. And worry, a broken spirit, will break your body down. And, you know, this is not easy what he's saying here to do. When you are hurting, to not... Think about and think on what's going on in your body. But we've got to take charge of our mind and not think those thoughts. That's what he's saying. He says your immune system will become weak if, if we are meditating on symptoms. That's what he's talking about. Your immune system will become weak. 
Your heart rate will be irregular, and your negative emotions will cause problems with your digestive system. All that anxiety will constrict your blood vessels and cause circulatory problems. Circulatory problems. What you think affects your physical body. And one reason that is, is because what you think you're going to say. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay? So when you th what you think affects your physical body. So, therefore, if you want to obtain the healing God has for you, it is vital that you meditate on what his word has to say about your body. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And... Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, of him because he's very straightforward in that. Okay, now then, I want to take us before we run out of time here. In other words, now don't meditate on your symptoms, okay? Don't, that let, don't let that be where your thoughts are all the time. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, you know this one. Most of you can quote it. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us something. He's given me power and love and a sound mind. A sound mind. You know, fear works against the promises of God. And so we cannot afford that fear. And if fear comes to you about your life, about your body, he says, I didn't give that to you. Well, if he didn't give that to me, then I've got authority over the fear. He said, I gave you a sound mind. A sound mind. Praise God. I love that. So if you're having issues with your mind, such as the dementia and, and all of that kind of stuff, then come against that with the word. I think, Karen, I think if you'll remember one day upstairs when you and I and Marilyn was up there and I said, we took authority over that thing with the mind. That we're not having that. We're not having it. And you got a hold of that confession. Well, what if symptoms come? Say the word and be patient and wait for the manifestation. Okay? So, fear works against, always against what the word of God has to say. Now, I want us to go to... I can find it to Job, chapter 3, and verse 25. Talking about fear. And Job, you know, Job lost all of his family, all of his possessions. He, I mean, he lost everything. Why? Because of fear. Fear. You can lose your healing. You can lose your prosperity. If you listen to the... Um, the world system today about your finances and you get in fear, you're going to lose your finances. He says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety. Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet. Yet trouble came. He wasn't quiet. He spoke it. He said it. So he lost everything. But now when he did get his act together, guess what happened? When he started saying the right thing, when he got over that fear, he was blessed even more so than he was in the beginning. The words of our mouth, 
that Cindy was talking about earlier. The words of our mouth are so important. We cannot say all of that negative junk without it affecting us, our finances, our health, our relationships, our family, and whatever. So the fear caused him to lose his children. Don't get in fear over your children. Say what the Word of God says over your children. Amen. Praise God. Now then, um, I was going to read some of this out of this. The tongue of the wise is health. Did you ever notice that we are programmed wrong, he says? I'm talking about the natural standpoint. We are programmed negatively. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You do not want to think like the world thinks. Okay? He says, we have read in Romans 12 and 2, however, and thought it was saying, don't do a lot of things that people in the world do. Well, there are a lot of things you do that they do. You eat like they eat, usually, and sleep like they sleep. But listen to this. This is uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, the, the older man. Several years ago, I was holding a meeting in a certain church in Oklahoma, and they thought women were going to hell because they had long, because they had long sleeves, long dresses, long hair, and long tongues. I added the last part, he said. I can just hear him. <laughs> Uh, they put in the first part. I put in the second. They always talked about worldliness. And, I, and the church that I was in for a long time, that's, that's what they wanted to talk about was worldliness. We're not conformed to the world, they said. The Bible said, be not conformed. We're not worldly, they said, because of the way they dressed, they did their hair, the blah, 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 blah. I love this. I just had to share this. The pastor asked me to preach on Sunday morning. Every time I woke up Saturday night, I was praying about the message. God, I don't preach this way, this way ordinarily. I said as I saw what the sermon was to be. But God really dealt with me. That morning, I jumped off the platform, ran up and down the aisles, and said, I'll tell you, this is the most worldly church I've ever preached in. It was as if I had slapped them in the face with a wet dish rag. Here I was saying this was the most worldly church I was ever in. And they were bragging about how holy they were. They weren't holy at all. <laughs> I said, you still think just like the world. You think sickness. You think fear. You think doubt. You think defeat. You think failure. Just like the world thinks. Get your mind renewed with the Word of God. Think in line with what God's Word says. Talk in line with God's Word. Believe in line with God's Word. Amen. Think like God thinks. See like God th sees. Say what God says. Amen. I love this, this word, praise God. But he has taken sickness from the midst of us. So see it gone. Say it's gone. Speak to your body. Amen.